I'm Joe Leo with your Play-by-Play -play Network Sports Minute. Call me crazy, but I like this Brooklyn Nets team. On the floor. With all the turmoil going on in Brooklyn off the floor, the team that is playing basketball is really fun to watch. Kevin Durant is not having an MVP type season this early in the year like he was last year, but he's becoming the leader on the floor for this team. And the team is rallying around him even though he's trashing them in papers and on podcasts off the floor. Watching Brooklyn this year is like watching a ticking time bomb that a chimp is trying to defuse. Will Durant and Kyrie be on the same team on February 10th? I have no idea, but this team I'm watching right now is a fun basketball team. They are a team that I believe are two bench guys away from being a true contender along with Durant, Irving, and Simmons. And if Irving is on his way out the door, whoever comes in as the next star needs to be a true complement to the way that the team plays and not just a star and namesake. I don't know if the Nets will win a title as currently constructed, but what I do know is they are close to becoming one and as the months go along and the chemistry gels with, together with this team, as a fan, it is a fun team to be a fan of. If you're watching with tunnel vision and not paying attention to the absolute disgusting circus that this team is off the floor, it's a fun team to watch. So kill me all you want, but when it comes to my Brooklyn Nets, I just want to be a fan and watch entertaining basketball. I'll take a landscape of the people playing the basketball as the chips fall where they may. Because again, I am a fan of a basketball team that is equivalent to a chimpanzee trying to defuse a bomb. For the Play-by-Play -play Network, I'm Joe Leo. Should be played at high volume. You're listening. I'm not a hustle. To the Grind Hours Podcast. You can either have the money and a hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours Podcast. Recording this just after 11.30 on Monday, November 21st, 2022. I just got back from walking the dog, so if you hear jingle bells in the background, no, it's not a reindeer. It is, uh, it's Abby, the new dog that my uh, girlfriend's family has taken in. So Abby might make an appearance on this podcast. She is currently sleeping in the corner of the room right now. You should get her like a reindeer costume, like the antlers. Oh, stuff, she's got so a, I'll, I'll post bells. a picture of her. She's got a sweater. She's got, because it's cold. It's officially winter here in New York, even though winter's not officially for another month. Well, trust me, it's officially winter here in Nashville as well. We are having quite the cold spell right now. Yeah, is it in the 40s? It actually is. Yeah, it's in the. It feels like it's in the 20s here. It's cold. It's cold. Oh, it's cold. okay. I take it back. As Dave said on Saturday, there was actual frost in my front yard this morning. Mm. So it is cold. And being that it's cold is a perfect transition into how I want to start this podcast. It was also extremely windy this morning, as it was yesterday afternoon in Foxborough, Massachusetts, where Zach Wilson not only complained about the wind like a 15-year-old boy, but also didn't take any accountability for absolutely soiling himself in front of Jets Nation yesterday. Didn't it was take bad. Any accountability. It is the worst game I've ever seen him play. It is one of the worst games I've ever seen a Jet quarterback play. And I've watched Josh McCown, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Geno Smith, the two former at the end of their careers, and the one in the latter at the beginning of his career. Free Pete Carroll, Geno Smith. Yes. <laughs> Probably MVP finalist in the top five, Geno Smith. I would take yes. Gino back in a heartbeat over what we saw yesterday in Foxborough with Zach Wilson. And Nick, mm -hmm. the reason why I want to start with just the deplorable performance is because I am declaring, again, on Monday, November 21st, 2022, the Zach Wilson era as a New York Jet is officially over. He is officially lost. All of the of the Jet fan base. There is not a Jet fan that is backing this man. And I think the Jets against the Bears next Sunday should start Mike White. 
It, it's time for Mike White. It's time for a spark because this defense played their asses off yesterday. They were tremendous yesterday. All Zach Wilson had to do was get in a field goal range twice, and he couldn't do it. Twice. That's all you needed, and you couldn't do it. All you had to do was convert a third, excuse me, a third and one. A third and one, and you couldn't do it. And I, I don't want to get pile on Braden Mann because I haven't liked Braden Mann since the day he stepped in the building. I, I, I think he stinks. I didn't think he was any good. And we drafted this guy. Mm-hmm. So you get on Braden Mann all you want. That's just the cherry on top of this poo-poo Sunday. <laughs> Zach Wilson is the layers to this. And I'm, I'm out. I'm officially out on him. Driving him to the airport. Pack your bags. Nice to know you. I don't want to see you anymore. I'll I'll say this. Um, first of all, we have sung the praises of the Jets a lot this year. Obviously, yes. the defensive unit is incredible. They've exceeded expectations. Robert Sala has definitely proven to be a great coach. What have we always said about Zach Wilson? <laughs> he hasn't showed you that he can't be the guy. That's the refrain. But now it's starting to until, look like maybe he yesterday. can't be. Until yesterday. Until yesterday. But so this is this is this is where I see with the Jets. It's it's been a miracle season, but you're starting to see kind of what this team is at this moment in time. They've got a, a great defensive unit. The quarterback position is still a work in progress. And you know, to be six and four in this division that might legitimately be the best in football. Who would have thought that at the start of the year? Is the to be six I and have four. With you was saying that that it's still a work. The quarterback position is still a work in progress. That would be like going to a groundbreaking and seeing the first shovel mm-hmm. in the ground and going, "Well, we're a work in progress." Well, what I what I mean is just he has had good moments this season. It's just no, that I mean, he's, he's got had a he, I can he's had a lot more bad fingers. than good. I can count him on two fingers. Okay. Okay. He had a decent game, uh, second half against the Bills last week or two weeks ago, and he didn't lose us the game in Pittsburgh and drove us down the field mm-hmm. when we really needed him to. The Pittsburgh game is the only reason why I think he that anyone in that Jet building is holding clout for him. To still have the starting right. job. But I I do agree with you. I I think that they should probably put Mike White. If nothing else, it's just benching Mark Sanchez for Kellen Clemens during the 2009 season. Like, if nothing else, it's just a way to show your starter, hey, the job is not guaranteed. You need to be better if you want to work. start for this team. You need to be able to show up here and... Forget validating the number two pick. You need to show that mm-hmm. you're not, what, the 28th best quarterback in the NFL right now? Right, because right now it does not look good. And we've seen in the past that Mike White could get the job done for this Jets team. So. Yeah, in a short spurt. And that's all I'm asking Mike. I'm not asking Mike White to be the, the franchise quarterback here. I'm asking mm-hmm. him to take over a situation that any other quarterback in the NFL would be drooling over. Yes, no, I, I'm with you. I think I think going to Mike White next week would be a, a good decision. Excuse me, would be a good decision on the part of of Robert Sala and the Jets coaching staff. I think you need to send a message to your team that we're going with who gives us the best chance to win. You need to show a me- send a message to Zach that listen, the job is not guaranteed. And I got to say one more thing about this game: uh, the the Twitter sphere. Uh, discourse around this game. It's just more proof that New England Patriots fans are just the worst. Just awful. I said this to Larry in a break. I said, the fact that now Patriot fans who love branding games as the such and such game, the tuck game, Mm -hmm. the snow game, whatever, the the deflate gate game, well, now this is going to be the punt return game. And I'm sick of it. I want to throw up in my mouth already. I'm going to want to vomit for the next 10 years because of that. Well, I I want to go here. Do you mind if I just go here a second? Sure. So 
Boston fans, and I say this with love, I'm a, I'm a, a diehard supporter of the Boston Red Sox, and I'm a fan of the Boston Celtics as well. I like Boston sports. But Boston fans are the most entitled sports fans in this country. <laughs> we have been so spoiled by the fact that every team is, is, is it's, it's become ch- city of champions, that if you are not pitch perfect every single goddamn time, you are worthless. You're a worthless hack. And that's why that's why Heim Bloom is running into trouble. That's why the Celtics are people are turning on the Celtics despite them going to the finals last year. And that is why poor Mac Jones, who goes 23 of 27 for 246 yards, no interceptions against a top five defensive unit is currently facing calls for his job today because the Patriots would rather start Bailey Zappi. Patriots fans, I should say. Well, the, let me, let me, uh, last thing before we move on to other stuff. Bailey Zappi other... would be, at best, no different, and at worst, worse. Well, yeah. Well, if he's no different, then the Patriots fans get the The Patriot fans want Zappi. Zappi has the hearts of Patriot fans. Just like right now, Mike White has all the hearts of Jet fans because right. in their mind... But Mac Jones isn't playing like Zach Wilson. Is no, but point. Mac Jones has not had a good year. He has not had a good year. He's taken a step back. And he was a promising rookie quarterback last year who went to the Pro Bowl. Now he can't even sniff the Pro Bowl. So that's why... Stop. Listen, you know, sophomore slumps are a common thing. You, you right, evaluate quarterbacks in a three-year window. I'm not, I'm not, and I hate Patriot fans almost as much as I hate Red Sox fans. I, mm. Nick, you're the exception here. Um, but that's why, and I'm not going to get, I'm not going to get my panties in a bunch because of it. I'm right. not. I'm just going to say one thing to the Patriots nation. Do you really think that you sitting on your couch at home with Cheeto dust on your fingers do you really think that you know football better than Bill Belichick? It's football. I've been watching it for 40 years. 40! Moving on. Yes. Bills and Eagles. They showed some gumption yesterday, I thought. Oh, yeah. For two different reasons. Bills, uh, because back-to-back losses, they were literally snowed in with 77 inches of snow, which, by the way, the traveling secretary of the Buffalo Bills should be fired because the entire city of Buffalo had to shovel out the Bills team. How is that? How did they not leave prior to that? How? Yeah. How that, on that Saturday was... morning were they still st- stuck in their houses? How is that possible? In That's the words of uh, in the words of Joe Girardi, it's not what you want. No. I, I couldn't believe that. I was beside myself when I saw all the videos on Twitter popping up of all the Bills players getting shoveled out by the, the great citizens of Western New York. I want to know how they found a plane that. that was able to take off in all that snow. Right. <laughs> what, what what kind of heavy-duty plane you got there? That, that was like a yeah. military jet or something. It's a C-5. So Bills bounce back, huge win. Uh, I actually, it was a brutal, crushing betting loss for me. I picked the 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 uh, the Browns in that game because I thought, you know, with all the travel and everything, and the the Browns had to travel anyway, and to travel to Detroit, it's like, oh, okay, fine, we'll travel to Detroit and play in an indoor stadium rather than go to the freezing cold tundra of Buffalo. So brutal loss now- for me. Betting-wise, but the Bills bounce back. This raises an interesting question, which is, and and I'm not a I, I'm not a geography expert at all, right? And I also am not sure what the uh, the border situation currently is with Canada, how they're doing it with, you know, COVID vaccines and all that. But I wonder if Buffalo to Detroit or Cleveland to Detroit is quicker. Because Buffalo to Detroit, it's fa- it's l- way longer if you go through the states, but it might be quicker if you cut across, you know, southern Ontario. Well, I know the the flight from Buffalo to Detroit is like forty five minutes. It's mm-hmm. one of the flights where by the time the beverage cart gets to the back of the plane, you're already landed. 
Yeah, you might as well just not drink anything. Right. You take two sips of your Coke or ginger ale and, and, and you're you're on the ground again. It's like, what the hell are we doing here? Yeah. I, I believe Detroit to Cleveland is the same distance. Maybe like five minutes longer, but I think it's the same mm-hmm. distance in terms of a flight. So did you know they either offer way, flights from did you know they offer flights from uh from Stewart Airport to New York City? What is that, a fifteen minute flight? I think so. What are we doing here? <laughs> I love Stewart Airport and shout out to the A four five, but why why can't you offer me like a trip to LA so I don't have to drive down to the city to right, get a flight yeah. when I'm up there? The airport is big enough. Right. There's and there's like six runways. They have well they have We don't even have six flights. runways at JFK. They have major flights to like Florida and Texas and I believe Chicago and stuff and and mm-hmm. airports like that. So hook up the connection to LA. Come on, come on, Stuart. Gotta say, I was really disappointed that they didn't have uh, they don't have direct service to Nashville from from Stuart. That would have yeah, made my, my disappointing. That would have made my Thanksgiving plans a lot easier. Which but I sadly, would... Newark Airport it is. <laughs> the so the Bills bounce back. They. They got punched in the mouth the past couple of weeks, and they they delivered a jab back, which is yeah very it's encouraging because it again last week I said there was no true Super Bowl contenders, and I still stand with that. But the Bills did a great job of bouncing back and and spitting in my face a little bit. Same with the Eagles. The mm-hmm. Eagles looked like they were going to go all in two in the past two weeks. Lose to the commanders of all teams. Wow, I actually yep. said the commanders, not the commies. <laughs> well, the commies. The commies. And, and, and the, the Eagles. Saturday led Colts. Yep. And listen, the Eagles must have uh, the Eagles must have been listening to this show last week because uh, Nick Sirianni and, and Jonathan Gannon they listened to our advice. You know, <laughs> tightened up that run defense. What did we say last week, Joe? If Brian Robinson is running like this, imagine what Jonathan Taylor is going to do. Well, we didn't need to imagine it because they tightened up the defense and they got it taken care of. Jonathan Taylor held under 100 yards rushing yesterday. Yeah, and the Eagles, again, same sort of thing. They came crashing down to earth. It really, for a second there, looked like Jeff Saturday was going to be 2-0, which mm-hmm. in theory means you and I can be 2-0. In, yes. in coaching a football team. And then Jalen Hurts took his best swing at an MVP because Mahomes took an even bigger swing on Sunday Night Football. And I think kind of wrapped up the MVP. But Jalen Hurts is making a damn good case. A I agree with that. Case. It's it's Mahomes' award to lose at this point. But if he does something to lose it, Jalen Hurts, I think, is in the driver's seat to take that spot. So that was encouraging. Uh, let's go back really quickly. To I'll tell you what's was... not encouraging, just to run over the Eagles real quick. This <laughs> this running game has got to get better. I think it will. I think it's just a, it's a couple of different defenses that play well against the run. Um, mm-hmm. And that, I think, has to do with the fact they have – you know, Washington, even though they took a hit to their running back room yesterday, they have a good running back room. Mm-hmm. The Colts just have a good running back. So if you practice against those guys or that guy every single week, your run defense is going to be okay. So that, I think, is it's just and it's a combination of the division they play in and the defenses that they've played the past couple of weeks. I think their running game is going to be all right. It's been a running back by committee anyway for the past, I don't know, five years. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried about the running game of Philadelphia like I am of the aforementioned Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the- no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Really quickly, we'll touch on your Giants to get back to it. I also want to touch on the Chiefs thing. real quick. Go ahead. Because Go ahead. Uh, since you brought up the Chiefs for, um, for football, number one, uh, the names change. The locations change. The team stays the same. (laughs) Chargers just can't get it done in big moments. It doesn't matter if it's Rivers. It doesn't matter if it's Herbert. It doesn't matter if it's San Diego or LA. This team is just not 
ever going to win if things well, don't change. Let me quickly, with one yeah. point, and it's really two statistics, tell you the reason why they lost last night. It's because uh-huh. I believe the number is this. I believe mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is 23-4 and four in his career against the AFC West. And I believe he is 13-0 and 0 on the road against AFC West opponents. Yep. He has not lost in whatever building he's playing, in whatever location he's playing, to an AFC West opponent in his career. Yep. So that's the reason why the Chargers lost. That's the reason why it looks like they can never get it done. It's because Mahomes is the Terminator. Yeah. And let's add... add... I'll go I'll go one more note on the the Chiefs that I had written down here. Why is Clyde Edwards Helaire still on the team? Well, it's, it's seriously, hard. seriously. I I I mean other than the fact that the the Rutgers Scarlet Knight himself Isaiah Pacheco has clearly won the job. I mean 107 Keep yards chopping. last night 7, 7.1 uh, yards per carry. But why is you know, I I get the deadline is passed, but you knew that this Pacheco guy was special a couple weeks ago. Nobody Why not wants dangle Hilaire. former first? No one. What's that? He's... Hilaire is like at least try good. to get a at least try to get a, a sixth or seventh round pick for him. I think someone would give you that. I, someone would give you that, but to I don't know. Getting to your Giants really quickly, I think it's a speed yeah. bump. I really do. I think this was a trap game. I think they were preparing for Thanksgiving in every sense of the way. And I just think they were overlooking how prolific this Lions team can be on offense. I definitely agree that it was a speed bump. It, you know, it had a lot of the makings of a trap game. And that's the thing. The Lions are a really good offensive team. The defense is horrible. <laughs> and so it was a little concerning that we could only muster up 18 points. But well, and Daniel Jones came back to earth a little bit. He did. Yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones, two interceptions yesterday. It was not good. You know, 341 passing yards of a touchdown is normally good numbers, but you throw those two interceptions. And the the as bad as the defense was, they did a great, great job at shutting down Saquon Barkley. He yeah. had nowhere to run. And I mean, when and that's going to be the formula to beat this Giants team. Too? The the Giants suffered. Did the Giants suffer like six injuries yesterday? There were a lot. I mean, the biggest one was obviously Wandell Robinson, who had his break finally had his breakout game, hundred yards rushing, I mean, hundred yards receiving. Excuse me, and then ends up with an ACL problem. But and same thing with Dory Jackson. Yeah, who was really good this year. Yeah. But this is what we've said all year. The formula, if you want to beat this Giants team, you have to shut down Saquon Barkley. It's the only way. Well, that's and, because he's the only guy they have on offense. But they did it. You know, not everybody yeah. has been able to do it. The yeah. Lions did. Um, Really quickly, before we move to college, I think this Cowboys game against the Vikings is the most it, – it's the Cowboys' most Cowboy-Cowboy tease that we've had in a long time because until they string a couple of these just beatdowns together, they're the Cowboys. I'm not going to take right. them seriously because at some point the floor is going to fall and we're going to look at up at ourselves again and go, how did we fall for this again? It's, it's almost Thanksgiving. It's Charlie Brown with the football. I'm not going to go to kick the football this year. I'm not. Right. I'll be surprised when it's still there when I go to kick it, but I'm not going to kick the football. And it was an astounding game. I mean, I I tell you what, after especially last week after singing the praises of of the Vikings and saying that they were a definite Super Bowl contender, I, I have a bit of egg <laughs> on my face now. Certainly did not have the Cowboys winning 40-3 to in Minnesota on my bingo card. Really? But... And really quickly, I want to I do something that we've done on this podcast this year quite frequently. And that yes. is dogpile on the refs. Mm-hmm. Because what happened at the end of halftime 
should be taught in referee school from now until the end of time. It was a moment it was horrible. Where, I, where I was calling for the replacement refs back. <laughs> it was replacement ref level terrible. If you didn't see it, there was a play on the sideline where CeeDee Lamb caught the ball and the, the catch was in question. I was in the room with, with big fan, big cowboy friend, Fran, big cowboy fan, Santiago six, Ray Santiago. Um, mm-hmm. And he was like, well, that's not a catch. We're going to get screwed. And that's not a catch. And we're going to go to halftime. I said, I think it is a catch. I don't think they have an angle to overturn this catch. Cowboys call a timeout, which unexp- inexplicably just line up the field goal, kick the field goal and go into halftime. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the timeout comes and goes. They line up for the field goal. They make the field goal, and then they go, wait, 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 wait. Let's go back and review two plays ago that catch, which you had ample time to go back and review prior to the Cowboys lining up and successfully kicking a field goal. Plus, it's not even supposed to be allowed. Once the next play happens, you can't go back anymore. Right. And then... After the, the lengthy review, and they said, well, the catch happened, why need to go back and re-kick the field goal? It was just so bad. It was the worst officiating I've ever seen. The NFL should be ashamed of themselves. I, I really... If, I, if, I, I'm, if I'm Roger Goodell, there's no way those officials have a job today. I, there, it, it is inexplicable. It's like everyone was just like, you know that, like, ball and spongebob like if you touch it you just go duh like that's yeah really that's what the, every official they just touch that like orb in spongebob it's like every football official is the equivalent of angel hernandez and joel west right without and, and fail we, what are we doing we this is a billion multi-billion dollar company we can't yeah. find better referees and i I know there is a lot of referees that are good at their jobs and get a lot right that mm-hmm. I couldn't do with my naked eye. And they, they are trained and they do their job very, very well. But seriously. The peewee refs at Watts Park could do it, could have done a better job than that. What are we doing? It, 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 it laughs in the face of what reviewing is all about. Right. And you had... The, the, the thing that I couldn't get over that I was laughing to myself about was was McCarthy gave the officials the time to go back and look. Right. And they didn't go back and look at it. I don't I don't get it. I mean, it was just it was an awful performance. Uh, last note of the Cowboys. Has Tony Pollard officially I mean, I know they're doing the one yes. A and one B thing. Yes. And I know Zeke had two touchdowns. Tony Pollard has got to be your starter the rest of the year, right? This is a situation. This guy is special. Zeke is on the open market when the season finally ends. Tony Pollard is the guy. And 100%. Tony Pollard is the Cowboys, like what Terry, uh, like what um, Taylor Heineke is to the to the commies. Mm-hmm. They rally around the guy. He might not be as talented as whatever guy you put next to him, but he works just as hard as that, as that guy, and everybody else in that room rallies around him. And that has been the case since Pollard stepped into Dallas, and it's the same case with, with Heineke in Washington. Mm-hmm. So we'll I got take one more. Ca- I Go guess ahead. I got one more Cowboys thought for you. Go ahead. This time next week, are we looking at Odell with a star on his helmet? That's interesting because Jerry Jones really wants him. I was just reading that uh, article today. It really it Jerry Jones like, says he'll do whatever it takes. Well, I think whatever it takes is going to have to have. He's going to have to illegally trade for Saquon Barkley after Thanksgiving because it looks like. And now Odell has a meeting with the Giants this week and a meeting with the Cowboys this week after the Thanksgiving game, so. Mm-hmm. That Thanksgiving game could be an audition for the services of one Odell Beckham. Yes. But 
gun to my head, where is he going to go? I think he's returning to the Giants and has a homecoming and is the number one guy that the Giants desperately, desperately need on the outside. The only reason I'm hesitant to pull the trigger on him coming home is because, as Joe Shane has made clear on multiple occasions, this was this is not supposed to be happening, and he Ooh. may not want to rock the apple cart too much, but because it's Odell and because it's a low-risk free agency move, I think he would make an exception. It's not a trade. Right, but and that's, the guys that's the only the reason I'm a little hesitant. Want him back. The guys yeah. that Joe no. Shane employs wants him back. Rock the apple cart. I'm not I'm I, not disputing that it would be I'm not disputing that it would be a good signing, and I'm not disputing that the guys want him back. I'm just saying that I I don't know because I don't know how Joe Shane operates yet. But rock the apple cart. Joe Shane, you have to adjust your expectations, my man. What do we Rock the about? Apple Cart was a bad choice of words on my part. Oh, I thought he actually said rock the apple cart. I was like, what are you talking no, about? You're no, 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 no. This franchise, you have to adjust on the fly here. What are we doing? No, he, he, I mean, I, I, I used, I used a bad choice of words. What I, what I mean is, you know what I mean though, yes, right? I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh like it was because that was, that was his reasoning for not making a trade. Yeah, no. This but this isn't a trade. So no. you can, you can get away with it. All right, really quick, we'll take a break. We'll come back talking with a little bit of college football. Some interesting things happened, both um, in the foot, the playoff situation and the Heisman situation. I'm so sad. I'm back after so this. sad. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app. One more time, code GRINDHOUR. That's G-R-I-N-D-H-O-U-R at checkout. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistance programs. Through an app-assisted network of food donors, volunteers, and feeding agencies, Feed Hudson Valley facilitates the harvesting, processing, and distribution locally grown or produced agricultural products, self-stable food donations, and prepared nutritious foods. The app used is called Chowmatch, and it is easy for volunteers to download and use. Among the donors are restaurants, farms, food makers, stores, hospitals, and universities. The food assistance programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chowmatch app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time, spelled out, F-E-E-D-H-V.org. Now back to the podcast. All right, coming back here, A block went a little bit long, but there was a lot to get to. So... I said this last week, and I'm staying true on this on this promise. We are talking college football because we have done, I don't want to say a disservice, but the pro football has just been so insane this year that, Nick, we haven't really talked about college football that much. And Right. I mean, the season, 
last week we we kind of skipped over it. We felt like the season had winded down. The contenders and pretenders had separated themselves, but that was a bit turned on its head last Saturday. Yeah. So I want to start with Michigan just because I was glued in as much as I could be at work while that game was going on. My heart mm-hmm. was in my throat the entire game. I was like, we cannot lose to Illinois. Of all teams, we can't lose to, to the fighting Illini. Please, don't let Michigan season end because of Illinois. In the big house, no less. I was I was really having visions for a while of two, three, and four all losing in the ultimate chaos scenario. Taking you know, two, three, four, and I mean, I wasn't having visions of five losing. I didn't want Tennessee to lose, but no. But there was a situation where TCU. I mean, TCU, same thing. They, yeah, barely survived, survived by the skin of their teeth. Same with Michigan. Shout out to Money Moody. Even Ohio State. I mean, you know, if if you take out that. Uh, uh, Taulia Tagovailoa. If you take out his his uh late game fumble with the scoop and score at the one yard line, that game's that game's a lot closer than the the score makes it out to be. Maryland had them on the ropes for a good portion of the day, and that's why I want to you know I want to talk about with with Michigan, and this kind of you know ties into another point that I want to make. Mm-hmm. That fifth team, whoever it is, and I think, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it's a Pac-10 team. I think it's USC. I think USC, with the Tennessee taking a step back a little bit, and we'll, we'll, we will get to that. But I think USC is now that fifth team that is kind of shoehorned into that spot because I think they run the table the rest of the way. They win the, the Pac-10. And this committee, the co- the college football playoff committee, values conference championships almost against everything else. And yes. if you look at that USC resume with a conference title, you can't put them in over – you know, if TCU goes undefeated or the undefeated Big Ten champ. But they're that next tier that if someone slips up, like if Michigan or if Ohio State slips up and they lose, you know, they're going to lose next mm-hmm. week. I don't think it's LSU or it's Tennessee right now. I think it's USC. I don't either. I think uh, Tennessee is has Tennessee's chances are gone at this point. As sad as it is for me to say, I don't think there's any shot for them now. I mean, you can't lose by thirty to an unranked <laughs> opponent. South Cackalack, go, go yeah. let's go Gamecocks. And lo- you can't lose by thirty to an unranked opponent, and lose your Heisman contender quarterback, and expect to still be at the high. I mean, Joe Milton. I like Joe Milton. He's a great story that he's still playing, but he is not headed hooker. No, and really quickly. Yeah. I think hooker had the Heisman all wrapped up. I did. Now you're like, who, who could this possibly be? I think it's going to, I think it comes down to two people. And I'll tell you this, I guess uh, this is my first I don't know if you could call it an overreaction, but I guess this is my first hot take of the show. Okay. So I'll play the sound effect. <laughs> um, the Heisman Trophy will be decided next Saturday in Columbus. If really? Ohio State wins, it's C.J. Stroud. If Michigan wins, it's Blake Corum. That's my uh, bold prediction. Well, Corum had a scare with the knee injury. He exited the game against Illinois. So I think it's either even with even if Stroud loses against Michigan, which again I think is going to happen. Because I don't think I, I've said it before. I, I'll say it again. Ohio State's mm-hmm. a fair weather team. They can't get down and dirty when the weather gets cold. So I think Michigan They sure could, couldn't in Maryland. But I think I think see it's CJ Stroud or it's Bryce Young again. I I really do. I I as much as I want to go somewhere else, 
I got I don't see Bryce Young happening. I really? I, I think I I just think that Alabama is too far out of the picture at this point. He missed it, too much time. Yeah, but I mean, you look at it, and I hate that it, I hate that the Heisman Trophy is is now you know, it's the same thing as the NFL MVP. It's who's the best yeah. quarterback in the league. And right now, the two best quarterbacks in college that are still standing mm-hmm. are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat a refrain that I've been saying all year. How come Stetson Bennett isn't getting more Heisman love? And I, and Stetson and any of the Bennett family don't take this the wrong way, but it's because he's Stetson Bennett. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so I wanted to bring up, we we were discussing the playoff picture Mm -hmm. and I wanted to bring up how this is going to play out. I mean, I, there's no reason to think that Georgia won't, first of all, steamroll Georgia tech. And second of all, um, beat LSU in the sec championship game. There's no reason to think that these things won't happen. Um, one of the two Michigan or Ohio state is going to lose. So we'll put in big 10 champ at number two behind Georgia, because you would assume that they're going to beat Iowa. Iowa, yeah. you know, should not even be there in the, the big 10 championship TCU. I'm still hesitant to say that they run the table. They've keep proving me wrong. They keep winning, but they keep barely winning. It's, it's such a weird team. It's such a hard team to gauge what they're going to be able to do. I like your USC pick. And I'll tell you, you know who's licking their chops right now? Who's that? Dabo Sweeney. Listen. That that Notre Dame game is still starting to look more and more like an aberration. They're nine and one. Their only real competition in that conference was North Carolina. And North Carolina just went down hard to Georgia Tech. I Cade Klubnik, he looked he's he's got the team playing differently than uh DJ Uyagalele had him. Listen. Clemson, they're they're hanging out. I could see him, I could see him sneaking in. You know, Dabo's crafty. He's pulled some witchcraft before to get him in. I like Dabo Sweeney. I do. And I like the program that he's built in Clemson. But and no disrespect to either of these two schools. But can we get some fresh blood in here, please? Please. I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. And I'm really looking forward to seeing TCU and USC at the three and four spots. But if Dabo, it, it's, it, it's gotten to the point where, you know, Tim said this when the, the Warriors were had, had the death lineup with Kevin Durant. Why even mm-hmm. watch the games? We know who's going to be in the finals at the end of the year. It was it was Cleveland and Golden State. So right. why even play the season if three out of the four teams are going to be Georgia or three three out of the four teams are going to be Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson? Mm-hmm. I don't want to watch that. I want new blood. I want excitement. I want the ability for a school that might not have a chance prior to having a great season get in. I want to so I want to throw two things out at you real quick before we two quick hitters okay. to ponder. Okay. Number one, and this is just this is just more for a, a, like a fun thought experiment than anything else. There's really no answer, and it's so unlikely that it's almost not worth discussing. Is it? But LSU? I thought it was. I thought it was so potentially funny that I had to bring it up. Okay, so. The K, the ultimate chaos scenario would be Georgia losing to Georgia Tech, then beating LSU. Okay. Or no, I'm sorry. Georgia losing to Georgia Tech, then losing to LSU. Right. So there would be an SEC champ with two losses. Two, two losses, correct. Georgia would have two losses. And Alabama and Tennessee would both be nine and three. Yep. So there's a fun thought experiment scenario there where the SEC gets no team in the playoff. Well, I don't think they would get probably... no team. I I think the SEC who would you put champion, in the, the SEC champ LSU? You had you would have to. 
I would you though? If it's USC is one loss, if TCU is undefeated, it's S- it's the SEC. If the if we ever have a season where the SEC has no um no teams in the playoff, immediately the next year the playoff will be expanded to eight. Book it. Well, no, I think if if that doesn't happen, it, we we've officially migrated to Mars, and we've yeah. just left Earth because it's so uninhabitable. <laughs> and then my final uh, my final question for you: Is there any scenario? where Michigan slash Ohio State makes it in even with a loss in that last game? No. No. You don't think so? No. The USC would have to lose the Pac-10 championship game. TCU mm-hmm. would have to lose. Georgia would have to just, I don't know if soil themselves is even the word that they would have to do against Georgia Tech and LSU. Well, let's 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 and think Clemson about have it like. To win out. Let's think about it like this: if if Georgia win, Georgia wins the SEC. Correct. TCU goes undefeated. Michigan beats Ohio State. Right. USC loses the Pac-12. Are you putting Clemson at four with well uh, two losses? Or are you putting Ohio State at four with one? Just because there would be a chance that the Big Ten championship game would be the national championship game, I would put Clemson in that in that situation. Fair enough. I like it. Let's take another really, really quick break and we'll come back with overreactions. All right, to wrap up the podcast, Nick, for week 11, I, getting ready for Thanksgiving, even though I'll be working on Thanksgiving. So my Thanksgiving will be over the weekend, partially at the Friendsgiving that uh, I will see you at. I'll be a little bit yes. late because I'm working Saturday morning and into the early afternoon, but I will be there in attendance. So my Thanksgiving will be a little delayed. I have two overreactions. How many do you have? I have two also. All right. So since you're the guest that comes on every week, you can go first. Okay. Number one is kind of the quick hitter overreaction. Uh, and I we kind of alluded to it earlier of my Tony Pollard comments. Okay. And I feel like I go with this team a lot for overreactions, but they're just such an interesting team to dissect in terms of the way they do business, the way they tend to operate, and the way that they've struggled recently. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott is playing for the Rams next year. Ooh. Ooh. What draft pick are they going to be able to send over to get Zeke? I don't know, but Les Snead always finds a way to make it work. That's true. That is true. If you need to file your taxes, go to Les Snead. He'll figure out a a workaround. Yes. Because somehow he's employed 98% of the stars in the NFL over the past couple of years, and they're still somehow not in the luxury tax threshold. Exactly. And that's that would finally give them a solid weapon out of the backfield that they've been lacking the last few years, even when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you're saying the Cam Akers time in... in I think the Cam LA. Akers, Daryl Henderson experiment is over. <laughs> My first overreaction is that the New Orleans Saints will win the just dreadful absolutely dreadful nfc south Mm. from the seller a couple of weeks ago to division champ because none of them i like it there's just no good team this is one of the years that you know it happens quite frequently actually where Mm -hmm. we just look around the, the the playoff teams and we go hey can we just kind of push that one team out of out of the out of the room like they don't really belong here can we just just go away that's what i want to do with the NFC south just go away we don't need you we'll see you again next year we don't need you this year (laughs) i like it um i definitely think that the saints 
they they kind of weirdly project well for a playoff run. Like they have um <laughs> kind of, yeah. Like, you know, in this in this awful division, at least they have a, a quarterback with a lot of experience, Andy Dalton. They have a capable backup that can step in seamlessly if anything were to go down. Yeah, and you arguably, know, not, not, some Saints fans think he should be starting in Jameis. You know, personally, I think he should be starting. But, Me too. You know, but we'll we'll get to that another time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara, they they lost their big weapon, Michael Thomas, but they lose their big weapon, Michael Thomas, every year and somehow yes. turn out to be fine. Um, well, Olave's you know, been great. He's been great the past couple of years, or weeks, years. He's a rookie. Yeah. The past couple of weeks, he's been great. I like it. I mean, we've we've discussed the Falcons possibly winning this god-awful every division Every team, we've like, hmm, hmm, yeah. there's a path. Hmm. Every team has a path. Well, damn it, I'm saying the Saints are the ones standing at the end of that path. If only uh if only the Packers were still in the or still, if only the Packers were in the NFC South, they could run away with it despite oh. their awful roster. Aaron Rodgers might have a case for a third straight MVP in that situation. Well, division winner. Oh no, did I lose you? Oh, no, you're still there. Okay. My set. So, your second one is what? I think the uh, the Geno Smith era is going to continue in Seattle. And I think despite this uh, this unfortunate loss last week to the Buccaneers in Germany, I think they've had plenty of time for a get-right game. They're hosting the Raiders this week. <laughs> Plenty perfect time for a get right game. They're going, they have a really easy schedule coming up the next three weeks. They have the Raiders at the Rams and then home against the Panthers. Not only do I think the Seahawks are winning this, this AFC, uh, NFC West division, excuse me, but I think they, the Seahawks are winning a playoff game, maybe two. Oh, 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 look, the Geno Smith story and experience that we are experiencing right now it's fantastic Mm -hmm. but one thing geno smith is not is a proven playoff quarterback well until this year one thing geno smith was not was a proven quarterback (laughs) so i'm i'm not willing to i'm not willing to go down the road of doubting him anymore i think as long as he's got pete carroll on the sideline he will find a way and I think as long as he's got Kenneth Walker to hand the ball off to, and as long as he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to throw it to, he will find a way. I just, I'm not really sold yet on that Seattle defense. And that's the reason why great regular season story. They will, I think like you will win the NFC West, but I think that's as far as they go. It's a great building piece because nobody, everybody thought they were going to be the worst team in football before the year. So to have pieces in the foundation built with Geno there, they have a a horde of picks that will be plentiful for sure this year. Yes. I'll, uh, if I may expand my case a little bit. Okay. So, the uh the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to finish with the third best record of the division winners because yeah. I don't think they're going to win the division with a losing record. No, like no, the Saints they, they slash Falcons slash Buccaneers will. Yes, they so, will beat out the NFC South. So the first that means the first playoff game, if things were to to start today, the first playoff game would be against uh, na 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 Jerry's world. <laughs> Up in Seattle, the Cowboys never win in the playoffs. They can never get it done there. So that's one playoff victory. Then next week, guess who's rolling into town? Probably either the Buccaneers or the Giants. We don't know what they're going to be in the postseason. Whoever's the lowest seed, maybe the maybe the commies manage to win a playoff game. They end up uh, squeaking in there. So I, I think we're looking at a real scenario where Seattle can find themselves in the championship game. 
I can't believe that I'm entertaining that this could actually be the 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 reality that we live in come January, but you've you've opened my eyes. I I, I can't believe that I I'm actually supporting that, but I I, I can get down with that. I, I mean, they're staring still... they're staring nine and four dead in the face right now. Yeah, I mean. My next overreaction is my first Super Bowl prediction for this year. I have not okay. given a Super Bowl prediction. And this is coming off of a week where I said there is no clear-cut Super Bowl contenders. Well, after a week of ponderment, I've looked at the, the landscape of the NFL, and I say there's two teams that are building towards potential Super Bowl runs. Mm-hmm. One's a popular pick. One's a not-so-popular pick. The first team out of the NFC, I think, will be the San Francisco 49ers who play tonight on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. They okay. are building towards something really, really good. And they've already had the pieces in there. That defense is ridiculous. The offense has the Pinocchio potential to be ridiculous. So, And they have a quarterback and a coach that, is, that have already gone to a Super Bowl. Yep. So I'm saying Niners out of the NFC. And my AFC pick is the Baltimore Ravens. I think Mm. Lamar has an Aaron Judge-esque run to a next contract. I think he has the ultimate prove-it season because there are people still doubting him somehow. And they win again. They, They escape a game that they should win in the Panthers. They have sort of a favorable schedule. They are building towards being a formidable Ravens team again. And Mm -hmm. I actually like the pieces around Lamar, which is crazy to think on the offensive side. Little Super Bowl rematch from uh, 10 years ago. Yes, the, the Harbaugh Bowl. I like it. Spicy. So I'm saying I'm not going to give you a winner because I don't know who's going to win in that situation, but my kind of way too early Super Bowl, kind of late Super Bowl pick is Ravens 49ers. I like it. I like it. Nick, I think that's a good place to end. Tell the people where you got what you got going on. Movie review if you have it, all that good stuff. I do not have a movie review this particular week, but I am planning to watch two films that have been on my watch list forever later. Uh, one is uh, the Orson Welles. I've, I've been trying to get more into documentaries lately. So I'm going to be watching uh, Orson Welles's F for Fake, which is his like kind of art piece. And then uh, Gibby Shelter, the Rolling Stones doc oh. that involved like the Hells Angels and all that stuff. So That's a tremendous movie. Tremendous. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, so you you might get to hear my thoughts on that next week. Um you can catch me on all social medias at Nick Parodies. You can catch me on um, the Children's Programming Podcast, which will be back soon for our ultimate Christmas Bacchanal. If it's anything uh, like can... the K Show twentieth Bacchanal, it'll be it'll be tremendous. A time to remember. Yes. Uh, you can you can catch me uh, with the band at the underscore bad underscore ideas underscore. Uh, this and the music is popping off. I'm really, really thankful for all the support that y'all have been given, given me, giving us, you know, myself and Bryce, because he's a he's a valued member of the team as well. Really, really uh, grateful for the support on all that stuff. We have more music coming very, very soon. Little snippets are being posted on the the various stories as we speak. Yes. Yep. You you may have seen that yesterday. I may have. Um, I may have. I may have took a little peek at that. Yes. Ah, uh, and uh, yeah. So, and uh, there is no secret word for Uber this week because, as many know, I will be traveling back for Thanksgiving back to New York. So, I guess if you catch me today, the secret word is Turkey Day. <laughs> may I may go out for a few hours, get some uh, get some extra cash so I could grab a beer before my flight. Nick. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I will talk to you uh, throughout the week. I will see you on Saturday. 
And on this side of the coin, at the fake J Leo on Twitter, jdatasports.blogspot.com, and of course, this podcast. Again, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. It's my favorite holiday. I don't care if it's not your favorite holiday. I think it's the best holiday because it centers around my three favorite things food, family, and sports. And again, safe travels to everyone traveling. I know Wednesday is the busiest traveling day of the year. So hope everyone gets to wherever their destination is, wherever home is, happy and safely. And again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. I will talk to you on the other side of it. Again, I don't know when it's going to be, but it will be at some point this week. I will have picks live and in color, um, if you're watching on TikTok, with Jack at some point during the week as well. So until next time, it's closing time. You don't have to go home. That's for Thanksgiving. But you can't stay here. Peace.